Well, well, well. It's put up or shut up week, Ben. How you feeling? Well, I I think that's a very complicated question that I would need. I'll agree with you there. A therapist and and a large old fashioned to uh to sip through before the, I get, the Cowboys the just they're allergic to stability even within their fan base they just cannot let you feel like you got both feet on solid ground um so Has, uh, you know before we been, get too deep into it this is Andy Gatelli Ben Walker this is boys will be boys Zach Love will be joining us uh here momentarily we assume he's he's running late new and different for the guy that will like very, very uh, shocking for the guy that like it'll be like midway through the first quarter of a football game, and he'll come into our group chat and be like, "All right, I just start, I just turned it on. What's happening? Like, how do you do this, dude? I just like never missed kickoff for a football game ever. You probably had a you probably had an arraignment run late, you know. There you go. Agreed. Um, but yeah, we are coming off of a probably like one of the more disheartening ends to a regular season in recent memory. So the Cowboys go, uh, they play the Washington Commanders. Major Tutty puts an absolute beat down God, on these dude. guys, dude. Major Sam Tutty Howell and Major the, Tutty just tag teamed the fucking Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys, I mean, I, I won't like totally shit on the defense. They did fine. But right from the jump, the cow. I, and honestly, I don't want this podcast. I don't think this podcast needs to discuss this game much. I think most of this podcast needs to be devoted to like what's in front of us because like this game, there isn't much to to dissect here. Uh, the Cowboys basically from from moment one, their first drive ended with a they <laughs> Kellen Moore called a halfback dive on third and five they got three yards we went to punt anger fumbled the ball they got the ball washington got the ball and scored and then on the preceding or on the next drive uh turpin muffed the punt return and they got the ball and scored so it was that kind of game right out the gate the offense had like something like 11 three and outs um, it was bad it was a, I, I made a tweet after seven and then eight, and then I, I stopped because I, I wasn't watching them as closely at that point. But They had one real drive. It was the two-minute drill before halftime. You should have yanked uh, them then, man. I know it's I, all I hindsight. Totally, I totally agree just... with you. Uh, it, it was also strange because it was the only drive of the game where it was like they did what you would have expected them to do from the jump. Like <laughs> C.D. Lamb gets four of his six targets on that drive, and – they, I mean, dude, it had all the, it had everything I hate in a Cowboys game. It had Dak looks off. It has Kellen calling the worst possible package of plays you've ever seen. It has Noah Brown getting designed third down targets on like five different series, and none of it goes well. Uh, they end up losing twenty six to six. We even missed the extra point on the touchdown we did score. So that special should tell you, just bones special fossil, teams man. absolutely he, fell apart. I don't know. Bones is going to be uh, if he had any hair, he'd be he'd be tearing it out after that one. I, I imagine Bones committed a murder in the locker room afterwards. He's absolutely he's a, wild, he's, a he's a firecracker. Make sure to count. Make sure to like uh, check the sidelines against your your program at home, and if if any players are missing from special teams, you know, we can assume that bones buried them out behind the star in Frisco, but 
ultimately the game didn't have a ton of impact. Uh, Philly dominated the Giants. Uh, um, in the first half, they they made it look pretty. Yeah, they ultimately none of the seedings were impacted. It wasn't like uh, it would have been really disappointing if the Cowboys turned this in and Philly and San Francisco lost, and then you've you've given up the one seed by turning in this atrocious performance at the very end of the season. But ultimately, Dallas stays put. They are the five seed. They will be playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Monday night in Tampa Bay. Um, man, just a combination of things that I am dreading. So first of all, they're playing the Monday night game. Hate that. Hate it right out the gate. They're playing Tampa in Tampa. And then today it's announced they're going to play in the Navy uniforms, which, man, that's that might take it over the top for me. I might just have to – I might just, like, concede that we don't have a chance. To throw on the bad luck blues when you're traveling to play Tom Brady in Tampa Bay, given what we just saw this team put on the field, uh, it's pretty scary, dude. It's pretty scary. Yeah, I uh, my only note really on this game was the Commanders game. That is, was it really felt like the season kind of went full circle. Like yeah, there's that that old meme about Dallas, but we basically began it how they began. Like how everyone felt after Week One is weirdly enough, even though they won 12 games in between that time frame, is how everyone feels after Week 18 in this game. It's so, bizarre, dude. It really is bizarre. Like it, there are mirror images, you know. In that one, they lost 19 to three. Nobody really looked great except. You could say Parsons. The defense was fine in that one. They they did get beat up a little bit on the ground game. But then, same with this one. I mean, again, the defense wasn't bad, but still, it's Sam Howe. You would have hoped that they could have. I'll, I'll spot them two TDs because they, they got to yeah, start I mean, they on got like no the 20-yard line. teams in all gave. And, and it's hard to, to step up continually when you're just – the rest of your team is just playing at its absolute floor. So I can't I can't really hate on on the defense too much. And they were DQ was they were they were trying out different corners all day. So yep. like they Terry Terry basically just picked on whoever they put up in the number. The first two touchdown spot. they had Damone Clark, a linebacker. I think covering, that was just a good scheme. It was a great crossing route that, that took it through the the right zone, but it looked bad on film. I was just like, God damn it, dude! Like they have one guy I worry about, like. I know, like there, a lot of nice things have been said about Jahan Dotson. Um, he's had a good rookie year. Scary Terry is the only dude on that team that I'm ever like looking out for, and so to see him just like running away from a backup linebacker, I'm just like, oh god, damn it, guys. Well, certainly, you know, coming off of I think coming off the week last week where you got all the help. Yep. You know, I think you wanted to start right. The way San Francisco, actually San Francisco started down 6-0, but they quickly rectified it. But you wanted to start correctly, and they certainly didn't do that. And then you saw Eagles winning, and it just, it was one of those games where I don't, it just, everything just came unglued so quickly, so fast. The rhythm was so bad. The optics were so bad. You were wondering, I was just saying, I, I wanted them to punt it in after the first. It's, it's the I worst like, you're I felt after a regular anything. season game in a long time. Like even the Broncos game last year. Because it was like in the middle of the season, I was it, I convinced myself it was kind of a fluke, and they went on to like smash some teams after that. 
because this is the last time we're going to see this team before the playoffs, it left such a horrible taste in your mouth. And so it's, it's kind of like engendered this discussion in Cowboys nation around just like, okay, man, like, I guess we'll fucking see what they do with that next week. Like even Jerry was like, yeah, I mean, you know, we'll see how they respond. Cause like they, they got their ass kicked. Like, yeah, you got to you know, chew on that all week. That's for sure. You're not going to be, I don't want to call it a blessing. Cause I think that's way too, um, of a reaction the other way, but yeah, we have, and there's been a the, lot of we that. Have seen it before. Like last year, I can't remember. They absolutely murdered somebody in week 18 and 17 and you're, or at least 17, you know, a meaningless game. And obviously it didn't translate into anything. So, yeah. And I, and I, will, I will say, and this is a, a wild comparison to make, but the 2007 Patriots, after they went, you know, 16 to 0, they almost lose to the Giants in the very last week of the year, but they pull it out. They march through the playoffs and then they lose to the Giants in the Super Bowl. In the 2020 hindsight that is the NFL, many people afterwards said, oh, it would have been good for them to lose that week 18 or at the time week 17 game um, to know what defeat tastes like to, you know, et cetera, know, et cetera, right? et cetera. You never know. Yeah. I, I don't think there's, I don't think there's a correct answer. I mean, we've seen teams try both ways where teams play their starters and we've seen teams bench their starters and we've seen people say, well, no, they got to get in a good rhythm before the playoffs. And we've seen people say, well, now you're risking injury or if you play poorly, you know, now that's in their head. And I, I don't, I don't know what the answer is, but it certainly yeah. wasn't, it and, certainly and wasn't a 26 like, to six ask. And like you've called out, man, like last year we beat the Eagles 51 to 26 in Philly yeah. in the last week of the year. We did in 2016 too. Remember where we let like Mark Sanchez and Tony Romo come in the game and sling yep. it around and then just we sma- and and smashed the them. Week, yeah. Like two weeks after, but so it's a, it's a, it's a it's an eternal question. You basically are judged by your results. Like you're a genius if it works, no matter what your choice was, and you're an idiot if you lose, no matter what and your I, choice and was. I don't want to make excuses, but it's been a really I think part of what's contributing to the the mood and the vibe of the of of certainly heading into this week is not only the the loss that they had to the Niners last year. I think that's you know pretty evident but it's just sure. this december in general has felt very uneven you know they just oh yeah really since you know you could say the colts game they at least blew out in the fourth quarter but really since then you know you had an ugly game against the texans okay you win whatever then you have a terrible blown game on the road pick six loss defense gets absolutely gouged okay that hurts then you beat philly and I certainly loved it and it felt good, but you still give up 34. Like, you, you know, you, you didn't feel yep. good about the defense giving up 74 points and two. You know, I know not all of that's on them because Dak threw two pick sixes in that time frame. Um, he actually threw three in his last four games, which is not good. Um, start great analysis there, but definitely not good. Um, <laughs> but yeah, then, then you have a game against the Titans, which was completely meaningless and you do win 27, 13, but no one felt good coming out of it and now you have another 26 to 6 loss it just feels like people haven't really felt high about this team since probably the colts game and yeah i think that's really what's contributing to everyone feeling worried even though they won three of those five it's just none of those games have have given you any bit of life no and 
especially given what we know about the strengths of this team, like the, the things that you would like hang your hat on, like, hey, this travels well, this will do well in the playoffs. Like it's a defense. The, Cowboys, run can, game. the Cowboys can run the ball, the Cowboys can rush the passer. Those things have completely evaporated. Um, which reverts you back to this Dak has to throw for four billion yards and fifty touchdowns, and he's been super up and down. So he's it's, it doesn't look it. good. Hello, um, I'm here. Uh Dak's not Whoa, gonna do that. Captain anytime Love soon. is on board. Yes, I finally come home uh and logged in. I mean, I just don't think Dak's capable of really carrying a team anymore. Whoa, he's coming out swinging. <laughs> At, it, three weeks ago, yes, but today, but now it, it's out of range for him, dude. Be, He's broken. I do. I, mean, I do want to, if I could help my. Uh, Don't get me wrong. Like, I, I'm not. I'm not about to hang my hat on the idea that that Dak's going to go win it by himself either. But like. I don't know if we can be like any more like he's 40. <laughs> like he's he, his best days are behind him. Everyone, including myself, I think we're at an inflection point where it just feels very fickle. Like I can for sure. I, I, legitimately, I think that for the whole team, the whole team, Zach, staff, Zach organization. We, we were out Saturday getting pretty, pretty lit watching the uh, those games. And I was talking to one of the guys at the bar who was uh, he's a big Bengals fan. And he was uh you know, I was asking what he thought of the Cowboys, and he basically said, ah, oh, y'all can't win because of Dak, which always just feels very casual. And so I was trying to, like, defend. I was like, well, man, like, we put up a lot of points. So if it's not Dak, it's someone else. And then we come out and, like, the lay the stinker of all stinkers, and it's just he seems to, and this team, and you can put it either at his shoulders or Kellen's or combo of both or just team in general, and that's the nature, just – the lows are so painfully low. Man. I, I totally agree with that. So I, I definitely agree with that. I just also think that, like, one, you take Dak off this team, they are not remotely close to the playoffs. Like, not even within the stratosphere of. They're maybe an eight-win team. Secondly, in the minimal success that this team has had since Dak has been on it, Dak has been, like, the primary driver of that. Like, when they're in when they go to Green Bay in 2016 and they go down 28-7, it's not Zeke, it's not the defense, it's Dak Prescott that gets them back in that game and then scores the game tying touchdown and game tying two point conversion, only to have the defense then choke it out against Aaron Rodgers. Like Dak Prescott, I'm I'm not gonna again I'm not gonna sit here and say he's played incredible. I don't if he goes out there and that's the only it's and everyone else sucks. He's not that I, – I, I think there's only probably like two quarterbacks, maybe maybe one. It might only be Mahomes that can do that. And we've seen Mahomes fail at that too. Like when he had to go play Tampa in the Super Bowl and it was Mahomes versus everybody, he got his ass kicked too. Um, I do think Dak needs help as any quarterback that's probably outside of the top three does. Um, but I just I, – I have trouble putting the issues of the Cowboys at Dak's feet. Like I have a lot of trouble being like, man, the real issue with the Dallas Cowboys isn't the organization never takes accountability. It isn't that, you know, the off the guy who's calling all the offensive plays throws to Noah Brown on every crucial third down. It isn't that they are completely unbalanced on offense at this point and have no run game and can't scheme a way to even develop one. Uh, it is because Dak Prescott is the quarterback. And if anyone else was the quarterback, they'd be really good. I just don't believe that. I don't no, either. I just think – sorry, Zach, I'll let you jump in. 
So no, I I don't agree with that either. I don't think Dak is the cause of why we haven't had postseason success. I just also don't truly believe that he'll ever be the reason that we have postseason success. Well, have to be. I mean, if they're going to make any run, I I know. But I'm saying I just don't think that. Well, no, I mean I think he's capable of being adequate enough to get us deep. I think that's a very big real issue is that it's like Dak when Dak's playing well, Dak absolutely can be the guy. Like Mm -hmm. we've seen moments of Dak where you're like, this guy can go win a Super Bowl. Then you see moments like the pick six he threw on Sunday where you're like, I don't know if this guy should be the starter for this team. And the dissonance between those two is unlike almost any other quarterback I've ever seen. Like Romo had his haters and doubters. And admittedly, I'm a hu- I am was a huge Romo homer. And Romo had bad lows. But I didn't see Romo do that. You know what I mean? Like very strange delta between Dak's best and worst. You don't see yeah, that very often. I mean, he- it's, it's, it's very rare to see a quarterback who is either – the third or fourth best QB or the 20th best QB on a given This is crazy. Is a month day. ago, it's we crazy. were arguing about where he was placed and you could almost make a top five argument. I, I, I find it a very, it's a very interesting conversation because I think there's a very big bridge from where you took it about him being the reason they can't get it there. And like the, the other ground of like him being a top five and like he, sure. He covers, of course he oh, covers a ton of that bridge can't. where some of it's unfounded. And some of the criticism, I think, does go too far. And it's so nuanced because when you when you start, I think, attacking Dak and contextualizing it, like there's so many quarterbacks that you can also bring into that conversation that I would say he's clearly better than and clearly not. And the, or, and the numbers are close. So it's it's always, I don't know, man. It's always, it, it's, it, I mean, it goes back to it's going to be put up or shut up. Like at the yeah. end of the day. 15 That's picks, the thing. Like he's, Sharon, he's won, like he's, he's won so much things. in the regular season that there's really like it. He's he's kind of he's impossible to like cut. He was impossible not to resign because he wins so much in the regular season. He's one of the most successful quarterbacks ever at this point in his career from a regular season perspective. Um, he has developed into a much better passer than he was when he came into the league, and he puts up great numbers when he's playing well. And there is this whole case to be made around, like, dude, this year he has seven wide receiver-caused interceptions. Now, if that's he's cursed by some dark magic or his receivers suck or whatever, that is one of those things that just, like, muddies the water around discussing him. Because he he has a ton of picks, but half of them, seven of 15, are like these ones, uh, you know, the Jags game or other ones where it's like – or the one that to Hendershot – where it's like it hits it's, the guy square in the numbers and he shovel passes it into a defender's hand. He does it's seem tough. to it does seem to be like he throws an interception that's clearly not on him and then he goes, Ha, I'll show you fucks. Oh yeah, it's like okay, I, I want cr- I want my credit. Like, dude, this whole sequence <laughs> dude, the of the pick, pick six, six on Sunday so is so crazy. So, first of all, we're in a passing situation, and Kellen Moore has decided he is going to do this like two-step drop, quick out to Noah Brown on the perimeter, which is should never be in the playbook. Like shouldn't be on paper anywhere in the Cowboys facility. Shouldn't be a play. They try to throw it. Noah Brown telegraphs his fucking cut so hardcore that the DB like basically is shocked by the presence of the football and drops it. 
They called the exact same play again, and Dak throws the ugliest pick six <laughs> I've ever seen in my life. I just could not fathom it. Like, and I and I guess it's like one of those things where like, I don't know. Obviously, we don't know what the true like hierarchy is of play calling here because like kellen is you know the boy genius wonderkin offensive mind that jerry like loves to hark on so much i hate the offense that they're running right now like me and ben talked the other day like basically if cd lamb gets less than 10 targets and tony pollard gets less than 20 touches in this playoff game and they lose i will fucking break things i will fucking break things it's it's kind of crazy that they put up as many points as they did because that's that's it that's the entire team like those two guys that's it occasionally three tight end thing works yeah. for them which but. they don't run anymore but they i think the dak thing too and this is just me thinking out loud so y'all feel free to chime in is like he doesn't and it's kind of went back to like if you're gonna call him a top five quarterback or 10 his calling card's interesting because he doesn't have a huge arm. He can't no. run effectively anymore. He's not, not really. like this. Romo is like this guru in the pocket, always spinning off people and like, you know, kind of so almost like light Mahomes, like some backyard bullshit for all sure. The time. And the that's Jedi. Really, yeah, the Jedi. That's not really Dak's game either. He doesn't, Dax, like I said, Dax really, have, I think his strength is, is, pre, is all pre snap now. That's what I was like, going to say. Like he, Dak is his, really good at diagnosing it's the defenses. intangibles, and it's pre. He does his work pre-snap, right? Like, oh. looks at the coverage, looks at where he wants to go, and, and then reacts. And I would definitely put resilient the, the resilience factor yeah, up there. Like when you're playing the number one team in the NFL on Christmas Eve in front of the entire nation, and your defense is giving up a ton of points, and you have to go respond every single time. Dak Prescott is good at like he'll throw a pick and then come right back out the next drive. He does not have the, you know, put his head down and suck on the next drive gene. He is, for better or worse, he is always confident that he can go get it done. Now that bites him, but it is yeah, a good go it is a good this. characteristic to have in the quarterback. Okay, I just don't think that before we end all this Dak stuff, first of all, Andy, I don't know. Personally, I feel like he gave up last game. Watching him out there, a lot of times he's second or third down. The way he was just looking around. I think he kind of just mentally gave up on that game. I think he just said, we, we just sucked out today. is better than me. Checked yeah, out. I, mean, okay. I, I can, I can agree with that. I don't know if there's, I don't know if there was anyone on our team, particularly not checked out. Like I watched Micah Parsons, who's probably the most competitive human being I've like ever seen on a football field. Like, like basically like jogging behind dudes that even in an injured state, he can chase down because it's like, I mean, dude, when you're at a point where, you're 12 drives into a game and you have, you've gotten one first down and, and you're playing for nothing again. Like at this point they can look up at the scoreboard. The other scores are up there. The Eagles are up by 20. The Niners are killing everybody. And you just we can don't have it. Like sometimes you just don't have yeah. it. Like, and I, and I will say, dude, like I know people are going to defend Mike McCarthy because he has put up 12 win seasons back to back, but Sometimes it does bug me, and this was a Jason Garrett thing too, so it might be deeper than Mike. It might be an organizational thing. I've never seen a team I've, – I've definitely seen teams come out flat. It happens all the time. But to see a team that is as capable of being as successful as the Dallas Cowboys are, to win 12 games in the NFL is difficult. Like You have Back to be to very good. Yeah. 
and they are so they are clearly very talented and very good and yet they will just come out like the broncos game last year this game this year they'll just come out and seemingly just no one is really up for the game they're committing dumb penalties we have the like anger muffs the or fumbles the snap, then Turpin muffs the punt return. Like every, the only everyone, the entire team was ready to go. Get like, cut. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, the other thing that's bizarre about Turpin, and I don't know if this is like, oh, I, I don't know what it is, but <laughs> no, go on, go on. You want to keep going, Dak stuff? Zach? Yeah, yeah. I was, I was so- just, I was just gonna say real quick. Anytime that dude gets a return past, it's so if, if you get a touchback, you get to the twenty-five. If he gets to the twenty-six yard line. It is a penalty. Like you can just mark it down that someone blocked somebody in the back. Kelvin Joseph blasted someone in the knees. Like it, you, I wish I could prop bet that fast enough to make money because I'd be a rich man. That does seem to be true, especially the last several games. Uh, the only other thing though I wanted to bring up about Dak is you know we can't forget that he did break his thumb in the beginning of this season. Very true. He has an injured thumb. I mean, there's no way that's fully healed at this point. I've never broken a thumb, but I haven't broken an ankle. Even when it's after the point you can walk, you still have issues. Yeah, and I and, mean, we have seen Dak be – I mean, he's never been the most accurate dude in the history of time, but, like, we see throws that are off, 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 and that could certainly be a piece of it, especially when it's, like, it's raining, it's cold, like, things like that that affect – like, like I know, like, for me – the knee that I hurt in high school still gets really stiff when it's super cold outside. So like, I'm sure if you recently broke a bone and it's, you know, healing and all that other stuff, and then suddenly you've got to grip this football super tight to send a missile downfield. It is weird though. Cause on other throws, he looks so on the money. I'm like, what is going on? So it's that Jekyll and Hyde thing. It's, it's not a bad year. It's his second worst QBR year. His second worst passer rating year. And yet he's like 12th in QBR, which goes back to quarterbacks. Like people just need to watch who was starting quarterbacks in this last week of the NFL. If you only and again, now. man, like what is like, his QBR? If you subtract all these, like, I mean, QBR and passer rating are both heavily affected by interceptions. So like if you take out like interceptions where he's hitting a guy in the numbers with in both hands and the dude is fucking giving it to a defender, like he's suddenly in the top 10 in QBR. And then I really don't know how to evaluate this guy. So I'm, and I'll just point out that you know he's tied. I believe he's still tied with a uh, league leader for interceptions, right? Oh yeah, 15. for sure. When's the last time the leader, the most interceptions by a quarterback was fifteen? It feels very low. That's yeah, extremely low a, number. I remember the, when we were in high school or college. Hey, Eli, Eli Manning had a, yeah. Eli Manning had a, like a twenty-five. Well, Jameis had the famous thirty <laughs> and thirty for thirty. Yeah. yeah, 30 TDs, 30 picks in the same season, which is nuts. So, it's like, well, it's bad Wentz that he's for sure would have had it if Wentz played a full season. Oh, yeah. They're, but again, they're and, and here's the thing. Ultimately, like, I, I obviously, I'm a Dak fan. But it won't matter. Like, if okay, let's say Dak throws, you know, hits Noah Brown three times in both hands and he shovel passes it to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and they score touchdowns on all of them. Like, cool. I can sit here on this podcast and be like, those aren't Dak's fault. We can all agree. They're not Dak's fault. Maybe everyone agrees. They're not Dak's fault. Cowboys are still going to be sitting at home. You know what I mean? So like, it's almost like if, if, if bad luck is, is just a shitty attribute that Dak has, like maybe that's a factor we have to take into. 
It feels it's almost different than Romo because I the Romo discourse was just Romo was unclutch. Like that was yeah. all people said. No one ever yep. said he was bad. People just said he was unclutch. And no matter how he many had two, times he, he had, had two big tries, horrible moments very of early that. in his career. He, he had the the Seattle botch snap, which again, like I'm obviously I'm gonna go full Cowboys homer here, but that's the year they're using these specialty kicker balls. Dude, that who are cares? That doesn't make you unclutch to drop. Of course, of course. But <laughs> anyway, point being, like, it's yes, he fumbles pick. this snap. Blah blah blah, and then in 2007, the Cowboys have a really good team. First round of the, the playoffs, Mexico they play the thing. Giants. He, he throws a game losing interception He's on, on the, game, what should have been the game winning drive. Though no one really talks about how fucking Patrick Creighton dropped what would have been the game winning touchdown like moments before that, but it all goes on Romo. Yeah, Dak is not. I, I don't think Dak isn't clutch. Dak does all his you know, worst work in like the second that's what quarter. That's the not discourse. Is that Dak isn't clutch? The discourse is Dak is bad. Which you just yeah. Like, that's what's weird about or like the the noise at least. The noise with Rum was never he was bad. It was that he was going to choke. The discourse with Dak is that he's just not very good. Which is just I don't know. I I just I think if you are somebody who says that and you rate him there then your threshold of good is so minute in the NFL. Like, and, yeah. and that's fine. Like, I, I guess it, I, I'll go back to how I like to rank quarterbacks now and tier them off, which is like the quarterbacks who are going to compete for a Super Bowl every year just by being healthy all year is its own like magical tier one. And then there's like this tier of they're good enough to win on a good team and that's the like the Dak tier, and then there's probably this middle tier that's like if everything goes absolutely perfect, they can bus drive you, and then there's yeah. below the tier. And so, like, I, I don't know. That, I mean, and at no, the end of the day, it doesn't. I guess my point is that the discourse is probably going to sit here forever until he does it. Like Matt yeah. Stafford to me was never. Matt oh, Stafford and dude, hung and suddenly, on the fact of being like suddenly Matt Stafford had all these lifelong fans who had always yeah. loved Matt Stafford and had it's all I've said for years that Matt Stafford's elite. Like, no, you didn't, dude. Everyone shit on yeah. Matt Stafford. We well, all and, said Matt Stafford was the, garbage, dude. Like, inter, and back to the interception stat, you know who led the NFL interceptions last year? Matt fucking Stafford. Matt Stafford they won a Super yeah. Bowl, okay. So if Dak has a good four game stretch, that's all anyone's gonna care that's, about. That, so. And that's here's the thing, man. I'm really at a point where I think not just for Dak, but for this generation of players, like maybe not the youngest of the young guys, like the Micah, CD, and Diggs, maybe those three guys specifically, but for the, everyone older than those guys, I think this is really the inflection point of not only are is popular sentiment, even within Cowboys fandom, going to be that they, this this group can't get it done. I think it runs the risk of like becoming a psychosis where it's like they internalize that they are snake bit and it affects their ability to even like, I worry about that on Monday. Like I, I think this Cowboys team would play better in a vacuum than if, than in reality, because in reality they're, they're not immune from the fact that like, Hey, the Cowboys, they always fuck it up in the playoffs. You remember last year, you remember 2016, look how online, like even some of these younger guys are, like, Dude, they're on Trayvon Twitch. Dave. Like they're literally just like sitting in front of a camera and the entire internet, like, like for hours at a time. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it'll, it'll all come. And here's the thing, like this whole discussion will be rendered completely void. If they go out there and smash Tampa Bay. If they go out there and play to the maximum degree of their capability, which is very high, admittedly, they have a high ceiling, and they go out and they beat Tom Brady, you know, 35 to 7, we're going to be back here next Tuesday being like, dude, 
<laughs> I can't believe we ever doubted these guys. They're so fucking good. Well, and I said that about, and that's once again to, to circle back to my point that I said earlier, and I'm not sure you were on the podcast then, Dak or Zach, but like they really, Lane was kind of giving me shit, one of our buddies in, in, in our group chat, but they really haven't played a meaningful football game in a while. The, the NFC was really weird where it it looked like it was going to be pretty impossible to catch Philly, especially after the Jaguars game. And yet no one was nipping at their heels. Like they clinched a playoff spot four or five weeks ago. Yeah. Essentially they clinched it even the Philly after game, the Minnesota dude. game. Even because the they were seven and three then. Maybe you could say after the Giants game, eight and three. But since then, man, I mean, they just haven't the had a lot of pride. was kind of like for pride more than for – what I mean. Like, yeah, They've been like in they a weird really, mindset yeah. as far as that goes. So I think – But I also don't believe I don't that know. they're a – like I, I also don't have enough faith in them organizationally and discipline-wise to believe that they're like going to button down this week and suddenly become world beaters either. Well, yeah. like, and they haven't given you any reason to have good faith. Like me and you had this conversation yesterday, Andy, and I'm sure me and you had it, Zach. The I hate the doom and gloom crowd. Like right after this game, like all the texts are getting like we're getting our ass kicked next week. Yeah, same doomer. old cowboys. And I and certainly I felt that way a little bit, but it's also oh, yeah. like, but the other part of me is like, man, we're 12 and 5. We've won like 24 games. Like we have just as good a chance to win the NFC as as anybody. But I, I FBI did, says we have a 19% chance to win the Super Bowl, and the Bucks have a two percent oh, chance to win the well, Super Bowl. Interesting, but just just the put a point on it the i i think all i'm trying to say is that uh well i don't know where i was going at the end i just i i guess for doom and gloom gloomers out there we can all agree they just haven't given us a lot of reason to have faith and that sucks because you want to have faith you would think right now it goes we, we've done this for how long now andy on this pod right now if i sold you hey they're going to be a 12 and 5 seed they're not going to win their division but they're going to go 12 and 5 and the playoffs start tomorrow. Would you Dude, take it? even if – how about this? Like, what if they just rolled Cooper Rush and a bunch of backups out there on Sunday and took the same loss, 26-6, to six, totally sure. different tone to them like going into the playoffs? You know what I mean? Not that you're like so impressed by their win over the Titans or anything, but it's the fact that they like had their best and brightest out there and looked so impotent that you're suddenly like, oh, God, that could happen. That's an option. That's on the menu. They have that somewhere back in the kitchen on tap. Um, yeah, man, it's weird. And it brings out in me personally, it brings out like my most like superstitious, like, you know, believe in curses side. Like, you know, I immediately, as soon as we lose this game, I'm like, okay, I didn't turn on my Cowboys neon sign, which I always do. So I lost Zach this game. Zach didn't post the game Zach day, frog. Post the game. It's game day, my dude's frog, which is a crucial part of our ritual. That was um, fucked up, Zach. We the Cowboys. So my mother-in-law arrived in town the day before the Jaguars game. We went two and two while she was here. Mm. Draw from that what you will. Um, dude, I am currently as we speak all week. I am wearing on a chain around my neck, Micah Parsons jersey, iced out, Roger Staubach Super Bowl ring. Twenty-four hours a day. I'm wearing it through the game. If we win, I got to keep wearing Man. it. I have a PSA. I've, I've decided this is the route, route I'm taking. I, you guys know my mind has been uh, since like maybe Halloween. Like yeah. this is 
this is what was going to happen. We're going to play a shitty Tampa team. We're going to play a shitty Tampa team. This is where we're at. The five seed playing Tampa. We've never beaten Tom Brady. He's seven nope. and zero lifetime against us. We are wearing the blue jerseys, as Andy said. One we're playing and six on grass. Career in the postseason. We're playing on grass, which we're one and five on grass this year. We're I think two and six away from home this year. We have all the bad juju. So I encourage we, we, everyone we, out we there. We are eight and one against winning teams and four and five against losing teams. And Tampa is eight and nine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm telling you, everyone right now, I want any anything like Andy's talking about for good luck. I'm going, I'm going the opposite. I want you to do everything that's ever been bad luck. I want to put <laughs> so much bad juju out. With all these bad signs, with all these bad trends, that we're just we're gonna flip the universe. It's just gonna be just a mountain of bad. So I'm gonna go out there every time our buddy Lane chirps us. I'm gonna say, "You're right. We are chokers. We will lose." Every time I'm gonna wear my unlucky shirt that loses games, that's never like won that. a game before. I'm going to pretty much. That's what go I did with the CD jersey good, this year. You know what I mean? Like I I, I put on the CD jersey finally. Had. He started playing amazing. So you never so know. For everyone out there. Do the curse. Do Zach for don't post the game day frog. Okay, I'm gonna post don't, the game day frog, we'll get, dude. We'll no. fucking crazy, man. <laughs> We're posting dude, the fucking I'm, game day frog. I'm, 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 a, I'm telling everyone, put every curse that you've ever had, everything that's ever been bad luck in your life, sitting at the wrong cushion in your couch, whatever it is, uh, uh not having you know a, a certain beverage in your hand, whatever it is that you do for good luck, don't do it this weekend. We're going full bad luck blues. We're just embracing it. We're just. Gonna, I can't just believe they're wearing the blues, though. Real talk. Just that's so crazy. It. That's that's just like I texted Ben today. I was like, on top of everything else with this game, they have to be wearing the blue jerseys. It's so absurd. Um, for those who don't know, the Dallas Cowboys are one in six all time in yeah. the postseason in the blue jerseys. The last time they won a game in a postseason game in blue jerseys was the 1978 NFC title game with Roger Staubach at QB. So. Yeah, not hasn't been a great uh, post like Cold War has not been a great time for the blue jerseys. They've also sure. yeah, never won a Super Bowl in a blue. Uh, War, we did, however, times. wear the stripes, the red stripe helmets again this year, and we yeah, won. and we we kicked ass. Mm. We want we, we should we, we should wear it. We should wear the blue with the red. Stripe. <laughs> oh my god, dude, that's just tempting fate. I will say we did wear the blue jerseys. Uh, in Foxborough when we beat the Pats last year. So, like, I don't know if it's a, a, a postseason-only thing. What what will be strange is, so, like, like we've said, there's so many things stacked up against this team. They look like shit. They have, like, you know, injuries. They're playing Tom Brady. They've literally never beat Tom Brady. They're playing a, away from home. They're playing on grass. The Cowboys always fucking lose first round. If they do somehow pull this off and vanquish all these – these demons i just can already tell that i'm gonna fully believe i'm gonna be like that's it dude we've we've, we've broken the curse dude we vanquished brady he's gonna retire now like we've slayed the dragon let's fucking go because the path to the super bowl from there is interesting it's probably us versus sf next round which is an interesting game and then probably cowboys eagles nfc championship Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna have to go through a, a hardened road. So we can go two spots from here. We can 
preview Tampa, or we can do, uh, as I said, kind of our, our wrap up, uh, kind of just a fun little segment. Our uh, basically our MVPs, LVP. Up to y'all. I like both of those segments. So, do we want to talk Tampa Bay, or do we want to do our top three and most disappointing three Dallas Cowboys? I think we should do the top three first. Leave Tampa Bay for the end. You know, okay. Yeah. Leave the end of wrap up the regular ahead. season, then then mm-hmm. head to postseason. Let's do it. Fresh. All right. Uh, for those and what, of you what who format what the hell, should we do here? Wondering what the hell we're talking about. Um, I asked the boys just for fun. It's the end of the season. We've now completed 18 weeks. You've made it through another season. Pat yourselves on the back. We uh, we decided, me, Andy, and Zach, I said, everyone, I want you to list your top three and most disappointing three Cowboys. We're going to read them off. Now, just like Star Love Goat, we can take these, uh, we can, we can, we can kind of get a little creative. It may not be who was actually the MVP. I use Zach Martin as like a, uh, a example. He's an evergreen. He's always great. You know, he may be on your list. He may not. It may be someone you just didn't expect to be good and was. Maybe someone who just pissed you off a few times. Yeah, make sure you bad. list your like criteria before you get yeah. your oh, yeah. list. I think yeah. is a good so format. It's up here. to the voter, right? Just like just like NFL MVP awards and all that. It, it's up to the individual voter. So, do you guys want to start with the? Uh, I guess our our LVPs, as we'll call them, our, our least valuable players, or our, our top three disappointments, or do you want to go sure. positive? Let's do let's do the bad first. Woo. Wow, where to even begin? Who wants to go first? I'll go. I'll go first. Oh, Andy, you go. Yes, I won. <laughs> All right. Um. So this was uh this was interesting because again, it's like, how do you choose this? What are my criteria? Really, what I what I did here was because like honestly, like Noah Brown could be easily be number one on my list, but I do not expect a lot out of Noah Brown. I don't want him to make a big impact on this team. Um. So ultimately, I picked guys that I think play like star caliber roles on this team and did not deliver to the level that we would expect or hope them to. Uh, that is my criteria. So I'll start with an honorable mention. I have Dak Prescott. Um, spoiler, Good he man. is also honorable mention on my top three. That is the nature of Dak Good Prescott. He's like, he is both like a tremendous piece of the success of this 12 win team and also a <laughs> tremendous piece of the uncertainty going into the postseason. Um, so I have honorable mention as Dak. Obviously he missed five games with an injury. He came back and while the offense has flourished with him under center, he's had turnover issues. He's had accuracy issues. Um, we don't, he, he looked horrendous uh, along with the rest of the cast on Sunday. We don't know what we're going to get going into Tampa and so I have Dak Prescott, who you kind of look to to be the the rock, the stable field general of like any quarterback. I have him as the honorable mention on my list. Um, number one, most disappointing, and I do have these. Uh, they're not in any particular order, um, so you know don't don't take anything based on their uh, their positioning other than on obviously honorable mention versus top three. My number one is Gallup. Um, Michael is this Gallup. Disappointment. Your number one. Yeah. yeah. He's my first disappointing player. Uh, Michael Gallup obviously signed a big, uh, you know, multi-year, eight-figure contract in the offseason. With the departure of Amari Cooper, uh, you know, it was kind of like everyone needed to slide up a spot. And that really meant, especially with not only the departure of Amari Cooper, but also with Cedric Wilson departing as well, um, Michael Gallup was going to be looked to to be the number two target on this team. 
Um, we've seen him play that role before very effectively, um, but he was coming back from an ACL injury. And so I do want to give him, you know, some degree of mercy there. I, I would like to think that um, we will eventually see a better version of Gallup than we're seeing now. Um, and I also think that another person on this list is contributing somewhat to Gallup's uh, lack of production, but he just has not given you what you need from a guy that's making you know fifty plus million dollars to play wide receiver in the NFL. Um, he's often not on the field. He is a complete afterthought in this offense. He gets you know oftentimes fewer targets than Noah Brown. Um, now I wouldn't have any issue with all of Noah Brown's targets going to Michael Gallup, but the production versus the pay and given that this team is so desperate for a number two, um, Michael Gallup is my first disappointing player. So uh, what do you guys think of, of that as my first one? I'm going to save it till mine. Yeah. Okay. I was going to say, well, I'll wait till my list, but uh, I, I don't, I think we all agree that we, uh, we needed to see more out of the man once lovingly known as baby Des, but this Indeed. podcast. Indeed. Okay. My number two is Zeke Elliott. Um, <laughs> Whoa! I am a for his entire career in Dallas. I've been a huge supporter of Zeke, um, and I still I still do think there's value in the role Zeke plays on this team. But he has just aged faster than any other running back, like in the NFL. It's it's crazy when you look and you see that Zeke's like 27 or whatever because it's he plays like he's 35. Um, I know Zeke has to, like carried a tremendous workload since high school, pretty much and carried the rock, you know, 300, 400 times a year at Ohio state. And then the first couple of years here in Dallas, especially the three years where he was NFL rushing champion, um, he was, you know, getting the lion's share, like close to 30 touches a game on the ground every single time. Um, at this point, uh, Zeke's usefulness in the run game is almost entirely limited to the goal line and short yardage situations. Um, now, Again, I'm a little pissed at utilization. Kellen seems to think that Zeke and Pollard are the same guy. So, like, he'll run a package out there. He'll run Pollard dead into a pile of dudes to try to get a short yardage gain. He'll do that two times in a row. Then he'll take Pollard off the field, put Zeke in, and have Zeke try to run, like, a wheel route for a pass. And it's like, you should switch those. Like, let Zeke pound up the middle and try to get one or two yards save Pollard's legs and hits on Pollard for, you know, give him the ball in the open field. Um, but regardless of utilization, um, Zeke is just not giving you enough at this point to justify his contract. If Zeke was not being paid like he is, I don't think he'd be on my, on my list because his role diminishes pretty much every single game. Um, Pollard has become the feature back of this offense. Uh, and I do think we will probably be seeing either, Zeke completely departing the Cowboys is the most likely option or him being like significantly pay cut in the off season to basically be like their fullback. Um, but ultimately for a guy that was again, three-time rushing champion, not that long ago. Uh, and you know, kind of the marquee player of this team. Um, Zeke Elliott has been a, a tremendous disappointment, especially down the stretch where like you get into like the dog days of December, it's cold. You need to be able to move the ball having a guy that you're paying $15 million to, and he gets eight carries for 10 yards on Sunday is a tough, a tough ask. So Zeke Elliott is number two on my list. And then last but not least, not least by a long shot, uh, I cheated. I put Kellen Moore. Um, Kellen Moore, when they, switched, somebody might do that. <laughs> when they switched regimes uh, and Garrett was fired, they brought on Mike kind of Mike's only coach. He wasn't allowed to hire was an offensive coordinator. Jerry basically like <laughs> 
said he had to keep Kellen. And there was much to do made about Kellen's like brilliance around innovating on the offensive side of the ball. And, oh, he's going to bring so much of this like new spread concepts, all the stuff that people love about the McVeighs and the Cliffs and all these guys of the world. Um, that is going to be Kellen Moore for the Dallas Cowboys. And for the second year in a row, I feel like Kellen Moore has been solved by the league. Like everyone, including fans at home, can almost tell you what play is going to be run. Uh, he is obsessed with he, – he, he runs the exact same halfback dive play on every single first down. It is basically a waste of a down at this point because every opposing team stacks nine in the box and stuffs it. Like it's almost never successful. He's also in some kind of abusive blackmail relationship with Noah Brown where no matter how terrible the outcome is, Noah Brown gets designed plays drawn up for him. So whether it's shovel passes, whether it's uh, like weird screen designs where it's like Noah Brown needs to one-on-one beat a guy, which I don't think he's ever done, um, or it's you know third down and long and they're running like fade route, go route, bomb plays for Noah Brown. Um, Kellen just like misses Cedric Wilson tremendously and has decided Noah Brown is Cedric Wilson and tries to use him that way. Um, I already highlighted how much I hate how he uses Zeke uh, and Pollard. And ultimately, dude, I think that like for a team that when, when it's pass rush is not hitting has to score a lot of points. Kellen Moore is probably like the number one thing holding this, this team back. Um, he, every, both of these last two years, I feel like we've had this like kind of like very quick pattern of like summer and winter where it's like, oh my gosh, he's doing all this crazy stuff. He loves to get cute. He'll call these like weird plays. And then eventually people figure out like a really easy way to kind of counter Kellen and he cannot adjust, man. Like the fact that like, basically he had no answer for, Washington just eating his lunch on Sunday. It, it makes me worry because we saw this happen last year post Broncos and it, it could very well happen again. I do not think he's the right offensive coach for this team. Um, even if the Cowboys go on to beat Tampa and then beat SF and lose in the NFC championship game, I would love to see a different offensive coordinator coach this team next year. I think he's just not up to the task. So that is my list. Most disappointing Cowboys. Honorable mention: Dak, here, Gallup, here. Zeke, and Kellen Moore. Here, here. All right, I'll go next. So I called it. Uh, my number one was also Gallup. Ooh, nice. Now geez. I'm just going to clarify that I had the exact same thought process Andy did. I wasn't coming in with my least favorite or the Cowboys that I hate the most. Just the ones that I was the most disappointed in. Sure. Sure. So Gallup by a long shot. I mean, I know he's come back from ACL injury, but still I just expected and believe he was capable of more. It sucks, man. He was so good for a while, you know. That contract looks bad, but we'll we'll give him another year, but it looks really bad. We right basically now. have another it's like he gets two million this year, and then next year's the first year he gets ten million, and then we have an out in the twenty twenty four offseason. So he's got a year to prove it. I, however, also had real trouble filling this out. Hmm. Because, you know, I wanted to do Dak. In the end, he wasn't playing horribly. 
he's not playing as much as I want him to. But at the same point, this was kind of exactly what I feared coming into the season. So I don't really know how fair it would be to say how disappointed I am. I mean, I am, but at the same time, you know, I, at the end of last season, I straight up was saying that I'd be ready to move on from Dak, depending on how this season turned out. It did not turn out the way that my ultimatum was. I also not to put down Zeke because I've kind of had the same opinion. Andy currently sure. has a Zeke as I've had for a while. Hmm. So I'd really think about like where am I the most disappointed in the, the results? The where do I believe we can do better? And it was hard to pick a single player. So I'm actually just gonna go with Dan Quinn. Last okay. year, here's where I because last you. year one of the big strengths of our defense and everything else was depth. Guys get injured, next man in, we still kept going. We have not seen that this year. We lose a few guys in our defense, and they just kind of fall apart. It's fair. Like, ever since we – like, our corners are garbage other than uh, digs. Yeah, once Anthony well, Brown Bland went is out, okay, they did but... seem to kind of collapse. Yeah, and Bland's a, a good slot corner, but that's such a limited role. And then uh, who's the other corner we lost again? We lost, uh, we lost Jordan Lewis. Jordan Lewis. Oh, yeah, Jay yeah. Lou. That, but that, that's why Bland is playing. And so now you have this rotating mm-hmm. cast of, like – Kelvin Joseph, Nashawn Wright. Now they do. Jerry did say uh, today that Xavier Rhodes will most likely be active for the Tampa game, so we might Thank see him. God. Um, it's I should see Vanderesh again. Right? We will see Vanderesh. We will see Biotish. We will see uh, Jonathan Hankins and Bland. Yeah. Uh, Fowler it's, too. It says a lot. It says a lot that uh, Xavier Rhodes is like a thousand years old. He's never played for this team, and I'm already very confident he'll be better than like anyone else we have. Dude, they, they tried out Trayvon Mullen, and it was just it was bad, man. He was getting worked yeah, yeah. by Sam Howell and everybody. So it was not good. Good list, Zach. I agree. I, GQ, I'm, I'm gonna... He's flown under the radar a little bit because. They were so he's I beloved. I disagree. So, yeah. I, I went on the record. I disagree with DQ, but that's no fair. one cares, Ben. All right, just, and just, for number no three, I'm gonna put uh, Cooper Rush. Uh, this was not his MVP <laughs> season, like I think we all expected. It's <laughs> fair. I'm so, disappointed they didn't keep starting him. You know what I'm saying, buddy? They I just mean, they played put harder him out. for him. You know? Yeah, the defense was so much better with Crush on the field. Because they could be confident, well, dude. They were better <laughs> with Crush was during that run. That's because they weren't so injured. Yeah. No, it's because <laughs> Crush <laughs> was giving them the – You know what? And, and maybe that's, a, that's kind of a good point about the DQ thing. I And and I don't want to totally derail here, but, like, the decision to use Micah Parsons exclusively as a defensive end for the entire year may prove to be, oh. like, a, a horrific miscalculation. That's because be- basically got identical stack, sack numbers to last year, and – He's super fucking injured and can't be an impact player now. That is something I was also going to bring up. I was never going to put Micah Parsons on my top three. But when I was thinking of who I disappointed in, uh, Ben's gave me the evil eye. But I'm That's gonna say, insane. That's such an insane I thought about it, dude. The back half of the season, Micah has not been an impact player on this team. That is, That's not his fault. But it's not that he's bad. He's doing great. But I he's think our expectations for him were astronomical. Yeah. And he has gotten injured. We know he, we know he was injured last season. He's kind of injured this season. He's visibly injured. He gets winded. I mean, He's you hobbled. see him basically grab his groin after, after almost every play. So many times he'll get up and like I think we all like, "Oh god, he hurt himself." 
because because the way he's acting and moving, but he does that all the time. He's clearly playing through a lot of injuries. He ain't just growing early on. Uh, but I still have faith hands, that you know the hamstring. Like if he doesn't, that you know he's doing great. But it was just he's having a ninety great amount of a hundred. I don't know. He's doing like a 92, 93 this season. He was I'd say front I, I runner was, for defensive player of the year for eleven weeks. Agreed. Yeah, but now he's but not. But but the, but the issue is that. He could have been I, – I feel like if they had let him do kind of the role he did last year and didn't bang him into an offensive tackle every single down for 17 weeks, he might still be playing like defensive Maybe player he, of the year. Yes. He broke down. I think – I would have said they should have forced rested him for two games. I mean – Agreed. There's Miles no reason to have him out yeah. there on Sunday. That's fucking if you, crazy. If I don't blame him just playing the end, although I do agree. He even said he gets – beat up a little. I think they just never rested him and they should have because I think they they wanted to stat chase with him. That's yeah. my opinion. I think Micah Parsons sells jerseys and Micah Parsons is quickly becoming the biggest name on the Dallas Cowboys football team and they and he probably didn't want to sit cuz which like that but the, and like that's so short-sighted because if Kel, if, if if fucking Micah Parsons wins a fucking Super Bowl, they're going to sell a lot more jerseys, dude. Like I'm just saying I think he should have sat for two weeks more than – I agree. I liked when he was the queen that they moved all over the chessboard, but he was absolutely – and they still moved him a little bit, but he was absolutely dominant until he started kind of getting – And, and we have the bodies, dude, like between Fowler, Armstrong, and – I still and want to say he's very good. <laughs> oh, he's uh, – yeah, I, I'm not taking away from it. It's just that like – we became so accustomed to seeing him being a game wrecker, and he's not a game wrecker right now. He's like a very good pass rusher. That's you know, yeah, he's better than he's better than most guys that are that are on the field. But he isn't. I'm not confident that we're going to see him go have a three sack game. I, I I think that's almost out of the question given his physical condition currently. No, but I think you will see like a ten pressure game. But we'll see. Uh, hopefully. Pressures don't count, Ben. Only sacks. Yeah, I had to deal with Randy man. Gregory fans for years, so I, I I hear the pressures don't count thing, brother. Um, okay, no, that's a good list. I just a good little debate, good little debate. So that was that your. your that name? is his list, Mister Walk. Who was the to third? You. You didn't put Micah. You Cooper just Rush. About it. Oh, crush. Yeah, Cooper Rush. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The bit. Okay. And Dak and Honorable and. I just wanted to talk about Parsons. Yeah, that's fair. That is that is uh that is very fair. Um, my number three. Uh, this may be a little bit of a, su- a surprise. I didn't hear his name. You Cowboys fans probably didn't hear his name very much. Anthony Barr. Just when yeah. they signed him, I thought that was gonna allow Micah to do what he wanted and like be the pass rusher because Anthony Barr's a Pro Bowl linebacker. He is not a Pro Bowl linebacker. And when LVE went out, dude, Anthony Barr has just been. Bad. He's he's not very good, and it's it might almost be a bad thing that they signed him because it did make them feel comfortable about being like, cool dude. Now we can just blitz Micah every single play. Yeah, he just I don't know. He didn't make very many impact plays. Um, just never really saw his name around the football very often. I know he had some decent tackles, maybe, but I don't know. It just it it. When we signed him, I thought that was going to be like the piece that really pushed this defense over, and he just—he never was that. He just was no. a guy. 
He was just yeah, a jack. Just a so, guy. For, as far as honestly, you know, this is Fowler's also my been, list. Fowler's to... been way better than Anthony Barr as far as just yeah. like guys we picked up off the street. Yeah, and I mean, once again, this just goes to expectation, right? Like I for sure, I'm not gonna put someone who was bad that I expected to be fucking bad. Like Schultz, I really almost put on this list, but Schultz sucks. So like that, he he performed exactly <laughs> how I thought Dalton Schultz. I was gonna say I had the same thought, but the same point. It was exactly what you'd expect from him, honestly. Yeah, he's okay. He just he just he is he's gonna be exactly as good as same with Noah Brown. Like I almost put Noah Brown on here and I still wanted to he's still an honorable mention because they use him so much that he does yeah, disappoint me. Like, but no one expected Noah Brown to go win you games. It's just Schultz was always just like a him. Schultz is just an out like he is basically a complete product of however good Dak Prescott is playing that game. Like when Dak has a really good game, Schultz might eat a little bit. But Schultz is never going to be the reason that Dak has a good game. You know what I mean? Like it's it's definitely a one way relationship. Yeah. So Anthony Barr is my third. Um, my second. Um, on this note, just a guy I thought would take a step or be something was <sighs> Kelvin Joseph's a bust, man. I yeah, just, he is a bust. He's a bust. I I, I honestly very bad. I thought he was going to solidify that spot. I even had hope when Anthony Brown went down that maybe Kelvin will step up and be competent. And they quickly said, like, you just – you're not an NFL corner. He's been good in special teams for not – Has, has he? At Tom Cause Cause I guess he says – Because he's had penalty. some horrific penalties. I would like, say on a snap-to-snap basis. 60-yard – like 60-yard yeah. return by Turpin, the one we get out of every four games. And then they'll be like, yeah, on the other side of the field, uh, Kelvin Joseph headbutted a guy. And you're just like, god damn it, Kelvin, yeah. you fuck. But, man, I really – I really want. Or when he him. blasted the punter, and they yeah, he got away like, with that one, but <laughs> well, Diggs, like, you know, Diggs took such a big step in his second year, and I wasn't expecting that. That's unrealistic. But I really did think Kelvin could be. Hey, give us the sign that hey, we can move on from Anthony Brown, who's a free agent, and Jordan Lewis, and like yeah. now you have your two corners and go off. And he just did not do that. And did we're not. rooting for the guy. He lives in Waters Crossing, dude. Hell yeah, and he he witnessed a murder. You know he's. It's a tough life. Uh, so that was my number two. My number one, um, and this probably be surprising, but uh, I don't know. When I was looking at the names and, and I really thought about it, dude, Jalen Tolbert, a big fucking goose egg from a guy dude. that they drafted. The reason Noah Brown's even a thing is, too, because of Kellen and because Jalen Tolbert can't play his ass off the field. That is dude. so bad. And, I mean – I, people will say like, "Oh, he was like a third round player from a small school. What did you expect?" So was Michael Gallup. Dude, dude they, Michael, they had, Michael Gallup was a third round wide receiver forget, from a small had, school, and had, he made an impact immediately. Do not forget they had Dennis fucking Houston running routes week one instead of. Oh yeah, when when Jalen Tolbert was, was basically gifted the fucking number two wide receiver spot on this team, like in camp, he was basically like they were like, "Hey man, if you go out and have like." If he if if Jalen Tolbert had done what T. Y. Hilton has done, they would have been pretty fucking stoked about it. And really? instead, he and he got that I mean, terrible I've, penalty. I've never I've us. never seen him catch a ball ever, regardless of whether it hits he's him in a, both hands, one hand. He doesn't even yeah. play special teams. And then, dude, the the just the worst. I mean, he'll be he'll be forever remembered because I don't think he's ever going to make it on the field. He's going to be forever remembered for that penalty in overtime against the Green Bay Packers. Like that's going to be his legacy. Yeah. 
And and I get people saying like, "What'd you expect, dude?" I don't know. Look at Hendershot and Ferguson as rookie tight ends. Like, yeah, they both made an impact. I'm not saying I wanted this guy to be a world beater, but he could have been what Noah Noah Brown as a rookie played more than this guy. And and just like again, like I'm my, my Dak fandom's gonna show here. Like, not that Dak is like Peyton Manning who can just make anyone into a star, but like. Dak will Dak will distribute the ball, dude. Like he can get he he's gotten touchdown multiple touchdowns to Hendershot, Ferguson. I mean, he made he got Cedric Wilson a fucking twenty million dollar contract that has totally well, blown up in too, Miami's yeah. face. Yeah, like and this, that guy was a six round pick too. So like, I yeah. just, Bad. I don't know that that one just it jumped out at the page when I was reviewing. The I think ball. he's the worst I'm wide not- receiver the Cowboys have drafted in ten years. I mean, I, was, I totally forgot he even existed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's a total I, was, I was confused on who you were talking about until you mentioned that we drafted him this year. I was like, oh, yeah. He's a healthy scratch, which is crazy. I mean, especially when you are a – you're a top three rounds pick in the league. You get a lot of rope, dude. Like, they give you time because they've spent such capital on you. Pretty much out of the gate, they were like, this guy's just not going to be – I don't know if he's still traveling with the team. Like, uh, He played last game. Did he really? Uh, looking him up, he's apparently he had, like, he had he, uh, two catches this season. Yeah, for six for twelve overall yards, and they were both last game. I will Good point out, God. I did look when I made this list. To be fair, every wide receiver that was drafted after of him, after him, and I don't recognize a single one as doing anything at all this season. So yeah, I know, I get it. It's just maybe my expectations were too high, but just the guy didn't even play. Yeah, like, and the reason that Noah Brown is solidified in getting seven targets a week is because this guy couldn't beat him out. Absolutely. So, um, Good call. Yeah, I mean, he is he is uh, the only oh, people with less receiving yards on this team uh, this year are Sean McKeon, uh, who played like what, like, Snap. like when maybe a snap or two. Or Ferguson yeah. And then Kevontae Turpin, who they do not let on the field as a receiver. Like he runs reverses and that's it. Uh, no, sorry. ESPN was screwing with me. He did not play last game. He got one reception against the Giants uh, in back in September, and then so, one against uh, the, Colts, the Vikings. The Vikings. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and everyone got him <laughs> catching it. They're like, hey. Maybe he was on the field I think he's been, last I think he's been game, a healthy but... scratch five straight games is what I read. Yeah, I don't. But he. I pull up his yeah. thing here. Well, anyway, we don't need to spend too much time on Jalen <laughs> yeah. Talbert. But... Yeah, sorry. <laughs> um. Anyway, those guys, then it, God, dude. all of them disappointed the uh, the walk star. So I will switch now to the fun side, our top three. Now, this, once again, is not the best three players on the Cowboys, unless you want it to be. It's everyone's own list. Mine was who who took that big step forward, like who popped for me this year. Um, and so I'll go first. We'll, we'll, switch up, uh, we'll switch up order this time. A little snake draft? Well, yeah, a little. little snake draft um number three um this was hard man there's a lot of guys i really could have given this to i want to give an honorable mention first to dorance armstrong loved great armstrong. great pick. i thought he had a big jump out i, I wanted to put him in this list because i really especially didn't because of how he was always going to yeah. be compared to randy like yeah he balled out yeah loved loved what he did um for number three i'm actually going to Keep going back and forth. I'm going to go ahead and say uh, it was uh, Mr. Tony Pollard, number three. Thought he popped. I know I know we expected him to, like, he's been 
talked about well. We knew he was a good player, but thousand yards this year, I wouldn't have thought that Agreed. at all. Three hundred games. He had individual he had, games where he took he over. He had a the month game. where he was the best player on the Cowboys. That like Chicago, Detroit. Yeah, like that. that He's one of the he, best players in the NFL. Like, yeah, dude, he was. He was for sure the reason this offense was number one in scoring for a while was because Tony Pollard was just a forty-yard touchdown every single week, man. Yeah, I mean he was he was phenomenal for a stretch. So I think we all can understand where that came from. That said, and this will probably happen in our uh, decompressed pod when we break down the entire year. But uh, I also don't really think they should sign him, depending on the money. But we'll see. Some other so. team will be willing to pay him an absurd contract that we should not pay him, especially given his game is all about speed, and that's the first thing to go. So that was my number three. Number two, um, I actually went the opposite of uh, what Zach was going to say. Uh, I put Micah, and I knew we had high expectations for Micah, but when if you go all the way back to week one when Dak went down and we lost to Tampa and we looked like shit, and it everyone hit the panic button on, man, this may be a team that doesn't even go 500. The reason they survived that month was not Cooper Rush. It was that defense, and he was the guy who led it there. And he yep. was... He he legitimately handed you four or five wins back in September, October alone. He was Agreed. phenomenal. Um, as I said, was the front runner for Denser Player of the Year, which sucks because I had a hefty bet on him. Um, it sucks that he kind of slowed down at the end, whether that was due to injury or just fatigue or whatever. But uh, I'm sure – I really think after the season he's going to have a surgery of some sort that we'll hear about, like some Agreed. maintenance type shit yep. because he just doesn't look right. Um, he still looks good, but to y'all's point, he doesn't look freaky anymore. He looks good, not freaky. And so I always go back to that game against the chargers last year where Herbert clearly thought he was going to have like two extra seconds to throw that ball. And he, Micah just closed that gap so quickly that he ended the game. Like same with the chiefs. Remember Mahomes sees him coming. Mahomes feels him coming and just doesn't think he's going to close him as fast as he does. And he strip sacked Mahomes. So, uh, anyway, but even for this year, man, he had so many huge highlight plays, so many games he had two sacks. I mean, even the the Tampa Bay game, he began the year with two sacks, got to Brady quite a few times. Uh, I thought he was great this last week. I actually thought this was the best week he's had in a while against Sam Howe. Um, he forced a sack that Sam Williams got where he clearly forced Howe to run into Sam Williams. Yeah. And then he had another one where he kind of cleaned up for, uh, I think it was Osa or Dorrance. But Osa had a hell of a game on Sunday, I got to say. Yeah, I, I almost put him on disappointment. I really wanted to step, but he's fine. He's just, he's he's not Gallimore. He's no. like level of disappointment. He just, he's like, a, he's like a, a little bit above a guy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's an NFL guy. So anyway, Micah was my number two. My number one, I was really torn, but I want the rookie, Tyler Smith. Nice. We took him. Okay. We took him. We we really hated it at the time. I mean, we hated it. Dude. I definitely did it. And then Tyron Smith goes down. This is all the type of stuff that's leading you to believe it's going to be a bad year. Week one, oh, we got to play Tampa. Oh, my God, they're going to do bad. And he had two bad holds, I think, in that game. But otherwise was actually okay as far as pressure went. And this season, man, I mean, he's been, I think, a blessing. Like, there's been yeah. some moments. There's been times. But they've asked He's had a, a hold or two. But other than that, man. I mean, to step, to, L- tackle, to, to step into the left tackle spot as a rookie and play the way he play, he's played is incredible. I just I, – I think as far as expectations, like, anything that you thought he was going to do, I believe he achieved. And or, then or I would say surpassed, honestly. Because, like, people forget 
when he got drafted, the thing that made people feel good was that the next day they said, you know, he's not an NFL ready player. If he plays this year in any meaningful amount of snaps, that's a victory for this staff. But they believe that in a year or two, he can be the best offensive lineman in this draft. And so people were like, yeah, oh, okay, you know, maybe like left guard and just right. get some like, okay, maybe this guy can be something someday. And instead, dude, he was a starting quality left tackle who at the very minimum wasn't the issue, right? Like it, you yes. weren't ever like, fuck, dude, we're so fucked to Tyler Smith on the field, which we have been like before with and, and other guys. Per- he, of course he got beat. I mean, he wasn't flawless. He wasn't a pro bowler. He wasn't, cra- he wasn't Tyron's rookie year. He wasn't he Tyron's was so- rookie year, but. You can't Dude, ask for that. <laughs> that's all I mean. Like it basically to Zach's point when he was talking about Micah, like he was a he wasn't an A plus. You know, you're grading his his paper at the end of the year. If if if, if you know if, if Professor Walker's is looking at it, but he's he's easily a A minus, maybe rounding towards an A. Yeah. If we, if we solid eighty nine. Um. So anyway, that was my list. Good list, dude. Good list. Zach, who do you got? All right. Uh, I'm not gonna do. I'm going to do it from the top. Uh, my number one is actually CD Lamb. Good call. That was, I, I, I thought had he, him at one, to be honest. I thought he came out and proved that he is a receiver one. Uh, I had Agreed. quite a bit of doubts about this coming into the season. And in the beginning of the season, I thought my doubts were correct. But he really stepped it up. And, yeah, I'm extremely happy with his development. And I want us to keep him. Yes. Like, I'm not looking Kevin for needs to learn to, to fucking him. give him the ball. But, yes. Do they? What's weird is they had every week until Washington. He's getting like 14 targets a game. I'm, I'm telling you, man. If he doesn't get 10 plus on Monday, I might. I'm, I told Ben I'm going to find the treehouse that Keebler Elf Kellen Moore lives in and burn it to the ground with a Molotov cocktail. So, all right. Uh, my number two is actually Trayvon Diggs. Nice. Now I. Was not going to voice this to you guys, but I had a little bit of fear coming into this year about him. He was getting a he, lot of vitriol. He was, and I didn't. I thought he was great, but there was always, you know, he's not going to get ten interceptions every season. Yeah. Was this his only thing? And he's. It's not. He yeah. is just a lockdown quarter now. He's, a great he's player. doing phenomenal. He's doing great. Pro Bowler, and that's not just because he's a cowboy. He was a good. He had a good season, man. I'm. I'm very happy with him. Agreed. He's the best uh, corner we've had in 20 years. Dude, to the point he just didn't even get thrown. Like after the Rodgers game, the Green Bay game, like he just doesn't get thrown. He get every now and then someone will design a cute little go, <laughs> which still works on him. But he gives up one of those every three games. I'll I'll be okay. Yeah. All right, my uh, number three then is Brett Maher. Nice. <laughs> How much honorable mention is that, bro? <laughs> Talk about a turnaround. <laughs> he, he's one of the best this season has been one of the best seasons we've had for a kicker and i don't remember how long since the, days, almost of, since the days of bay like he Besides is costing us phenomenal. that cover on thanksgiving zach he's he otherwise yeah, he would have made a list and he missed an extra point on sunday hopefully that's not he doesn't get the yips <laughs> yeah yeah they said but he missed I, I three think, this year which i did not remember that i didn't remember that either i don't remember that either been at very, all uh, I don't think they must not have been very uh, important ones. Yeah. But, but um, yeah, no, that was the first. I think we were all the most upset about us signing and having as a starter at the start. Oh, of the yeah, dude. When, when the kid from Tech, like, turned out to be a huge bum, and they were like, 
just signing guys off the street. They ended up re-signing Maher. I was like, we are fucked, bro. We have like to go for two every time. And shit. Oh yeah, man. It was the dude from the dude from Serbia. I can't remember what his name was. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. we we wanted him so bad. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was just seemed like a better option than Maher, dude, who had let us down so many times. So. Yeah, man, huge turnaround for him. Very happy for for Money Maher. Yeah, so that's that's my three. Very nice, very nice. All right. I thought you only gave two. You said Seedy and Diggs. Oh, Diggs, Diggs, Diggs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, it's a good list. For mine, so uh, again, honorable mention: Dak Prescott. Um, to have a guy who. Breaks his thumb week one, has this horrific week one, goes out for five weeks, has like the entire nation having a discourse around how this fucking guy who can't even complete a 15-yard pass should replace him because the defense is getting 15 sacks a game and they're winning games like 17 to 12. Um, and then to come back and to take the offense from like 30th to first, basically overnight, and take them 12 wins. Um, you know, again, he's the honorable mention because of, of what the same reason is the honorable mention on the other list. But, um, you know, again, Dak continues to do things that, that do impress me. Even when he's disappointing me, I, I remain impressed with Dak Prescott, the football player, and Dak Prescott, the human being. So he is my honorable mention. My top three, in no particular order here, uh, Tony Pollard. Um, it's tough to not have him on this list. Tony Pollard became such a dynamic playmaker for this team. Um, again, I feel like with every guy on offense, I could just be like, I, it, I hate how Kellen uses him. Um, but ultimately, I think he is, he's the demonstrated home run threat on this offense. Nobody else, I mean, I think CD probably could score more home run touchdowns. They just don't throw him long balls at all ever, which, cool. Um, but Tony has just done, they tried, one in triple coverage the other day. Yeah, that was cool. After they tried it to to Noah Brown first, you know, to warm up the defense. Um, but Tony, when he's playing at, you know, at his peak, um, he's one of the most dynamic playmakers in the NFL. Um, the Cowboys, like, year highlight list is probably, like, I'm willing to bet, like, five of the top ten plays are Tony Pollard touchdowns. So he took a huge step. He went from a guy that has just kind of career backup. People question whether or not he could, myself included, if he could really play the primary role. And now I think, you know, next year, Tony Pollard's going to be somewhere, um, maybe, probably not in Dallas, but somewhere as the feature back getting paid a shitload of money. So very happy for Tony. My number two is CD Lamb. Um, to echo Zach here, uh, you know, I had a really bad taste in my mouth about CD lamb after last year. Uh, and the first week of the season. Oh, you hated him. I, he I was Des Bryant list. Dude. He, he, I, I, I've rarely been so mad at a, uh, at such a high level player on the Cowboys. Des Bryant was one of them at the beginning of his career, but CD lamb uh, had dropped so many crucial passes. I mean, he dropped a really crucial pass in the playoff loss last year. That really stuck with me. Um, I was really convinced we we win that game if CD Lamb doesn't drop that pass. Um, 
then to start this year, he has another one of these moments where it's like he's wide open and he gets hit in the hands and he just can't haul it in. Um, and he really started to feel to me like a flashier Terrence Williams, like a body catcher who just doesn't have the hands to be a high level wide receiver one. Um, however, CD lamb from about week two on just started putting together like highlight plays. I mean, it started with that one handed touchdown grab against the giants. Um, and it really culminated for me. I think the real turning point for me was the green Bay game. Um, he was uncoverable. He destroyed Jair Alexander and, in the end, the only way Jair Alexander could cover, and this is a guy, Jair absolutely locked down Justin Jefferson later in the year. Um, the only way that Jair could cover C.D. Lamb was to tackle him before the ball got to him, and the refs didn't call that in overtime, but C.D. proved to me that night that he can be the guy. Um, I really, I, if I could just magically make one thing happen, it would be that Kellen Moore just peppers C.D. Lamb with targets in this game against Tampa, because I really do think that, in, especially in the slot, almost no one in the league can hang with C.D., like he is just that lethal and he has blossomed into one of the better young wide receivers. The Cowboys have ever had from a statistical standpoint, it's basically Irvin Des and CD. So incredible, incredible development uh, over a one year stretch um, really wish he would have scored a touchdown last game so that he could have got the 10 TDs, but to, to be like a 1300 yard guy, um, this early on in your career, I think he is going to be a really special player. Um, I really wish we still had Amari Cooper so that he had a running mate who could take some of the pressure off him because he does see a lot of bracket coverage at this point, given that he's the only legitimate target. But he's just done, he's just come so far in a single season. So CD is definitely on the list. And then my number three is Micah Parsons. Um, Micah. It's weird that I kind of debated which list to put Micah on because through no fault of his own, Micah's highs were so high at the beginning of the season. They, it felt like a disappointment in the back half. Like it's I not, wanted, his, it's not his fault and it's not like he didn't do anything wrong. It's just that I got so used to Micah Parsons, the one man wrecking crew that would basically destroy a team's will to compete in the first 10 weeks. And then in the second, you know, eight weeks, he's dealing with all these injuries. The Texans game was a real low point. Um, it sucks to see a guy who you know to have otherworldly capability. And that's a word that gets, I think, thrown around a lot in the coverage of football. Michael Parsons is truly maybe the best athlete currently playing football. Um, so I hope he fully recovers. And I, Or if nothing else, I hope that this Monday we get to see flashes of the Micah we know. Um, I would love for him to get another two-set game on Brady. But at his peak, Michael Parsons is the best defensive player in football and maybe the best football player, period, in the entire sport. And that is truly crazy, given that he plays for our team. So that is my list. Hell yeah. I also want to say on the, the Micah point, even debating that, which is – it is wild because he was so good that if we just did team MVP – was our only thing. I, I can't imagine anyone not putting him at one. Yeah, yeah, that'd be season. that'd be tough. Um, yeah, he's, he's absurdly absurdly good, and and unfortunately, he's so valuable that when he doesn't 
when he's hobbled and he doesn't put in these things, you suddenly lose a ton of confidence in this team's ability to be elite. Like yeah. he seems like the difference maker that takes them from like a good team to a great team. I would agree. And uh, anyway, those were those were good lists, boys. Good that was stuff. fun, man. I'm glad yeah. you had us do that. So all those names that you just heard will be on display this Monday night uh, at 7.15 against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So Tampa Bay's had a weird season. Um, they went 8-9 and nine, uh, on multiple occasions. Like two weeks ago, they're playing Arizona with a third-string quarterback, Trace McSorley. They are absolutely going to lose this game. And then the, the Tom Brady black magic strikes. And the Arizona Cardinals, who all they need to do is basically just run the clock out, fumble the ball like in their own 20, and hand Brady the ball and let him score the game-tying touchdown to take it to overtime, and then it's a wrap. Tom Brady, you know, two at least two of the three people on this podcast are, you know, li- like confirmed Brady haters. I don't know how Zach feels about Brady. Um, I hate him. Okay, cool, tight. Um, do you hate him enough to like discount his his greatness? Because that's where me and Ben are at. Oh no, but I hate him enough to be happy that he got divorced. All right, nice. <laughs> I'll, I'll take that. I'll accept that. Um, so Tom Tom enough. Brady, you know, like him or hate him, uh, you know, he's considered the goat because he's got the hardware to back up that statement. But I don't think anyone can disagree with the fact that this man has the greatest like series of like bounces going your way, luck, et cetera, in the history of the sport. Like no one has as many moments of, yeah, it was all lost. And then like this crazy thing happened that gave them a chance or put them in, you know, prime position to win the game. Brady has all of those. Um, And as such, Tom Brady has never lost to the Dallas Cowboys. So we will be, hopefully hunting to vanquish him permanently, send him to retirement on Monday night. These are the, I I know there's doom and gloom around Dallas and I'm not here to convince fans who are listening to this, that, that everything is roses and this team is going to win. I, I will tell you, I think that the NFC is full of very flawed teams, especially and that even San Francisco is starting a rookie QB, rookie QBs never won a court, you know, never won a Super Bowl. We'll see how that holds up in a rookie seventh rounder. It's not like a guy that they actually invested their future in. And the Eagles have been limping pretty much since Hertz's injury. So those are your two top competitors. Everyone, the other team that had a better record than you is the Vikings. So you beat 40 to three and who everyone collectively agrees is fraudulent. So like the NFC is just so weak is what I'm trying to tell people. Yeah. Like just don't, I'm not telling you we're the best team in the world. But I am telling you, worst teams than this team have made runs. And I am telling For you sure. that it is possible. Honestly, if, if this was any other team but the Cowboys, I think people would be very confident that they were about to beat the Here, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Here's the Tampa Bay's – here's the amount of points that they have scored in wins this year. And they're eight wins. 19, 20, 21, 16, 21, 17, 19, 30. They had one game this entire season that they put up. Sorry, two, but they lost the other one. That they put up 30 points. Like, I'm not saying it's going to be pretty. And I'm I'm fully prepared for the wheels to fall off the, the Kellen and Dak offense yet again, where they run 
where Zeke has a 10 carry 15 yard rushing day and they Pollard, don't, yeah, Pollard gets, doesn't do shit. Pollard CD gets seven touches. CD doesn't get the ball. Dak looks like he did last week, and they lose this game. But I'm also pretty prepared to tell you that I, I think there shouldn't be a, a doubt in anyone's mind that this defense can absolutely lock up the Bucks offense. And you know why? Because every other defense in the NFL has. Like, well, and like you look, at, you look at the Bucks playmakers, run. dude. They, I just want to say real quick, Andy, they're 32nd in running. Efficiency, yards, all of it. Pretty much any stat that you have. They have four rushing touchdowns on the season. They are 22nd in third down conversion, and they are 23rd in red zone conversion rate. This is a bad Bucks offense. Make no yeah. mistake about it. Their leading running back is Leonard Fournette. He has 668 yards. Uh, 90 of and, which came against Dallas, but right and three touchdowns. So basically, like their leading running back is Zeke Elliott, but with way fewer touchdowns. Like it's Zeke Elliott without the red twenty-seven goal line ability. Dallas. He's pretty much awful. Another game besides yeah. The game their their leading wide receiver is Mike Evans. Uh, now Mike Evans' stat line for the year is eleven twenty-four and six touchdowns, but against the Carolina Panthers, he had two oh seven and three TDs. So. He doubled his touchdown the, percentage. Yeah, he, he basically was like an 800-yard, three-touchdown guy coming into the, what amounted to the, the final game of the year. So it was it was not – they have not had a productive year on offense. Um, Russell Gage, who has been a reliable target for Brady, you know, if he has the second-most touchdowns on the team. I don't think he's going to – yeah, I don't think he's going to get to left, play. He left the Falcons um, game hurt. So it's going to be basically Godwin and Evans are going to be – what you're going to deal with. Um, now, I'm, I'm honestly and, more afraid of Godwin because we don't have anybody that can cover a speedy guy, and obviously Diggs can only cover one dude. So he's going to be on Evans most of the time. Um, they're going to dump off to Leonard Fournette and Rashad White. Here's, here's, what's, here's what's so That's shitty about this game. Here's what's so shitty. When I look at the actual game, like I don't want to break down the game, the Cowboys should stomp this team out. From a talent standpoint, from a capability standpoint, the Cowboys should go beat this team. They absolutely should. They have every like piece that you need to go beat this team. Whatever, yeah, whatever complaint you have about Dallas is like tenfold on what Yo, absolutely. this Tampa team has. The Vegas thinks that Dallas is three points better with but playing in Tampa. So in a neutral site, they think that Dallas is a touchdown this better is how, than this team. This is how big the perceptions of these teams have changed. We were two-point home dogs week one against this team. And yeah. now we're three-point road favorites, even after the month of December that we just played. However, so all the things that I'm that we, that are you're going to talk about that are like why the Cowboys should lose this game are intangible. They're not like, oh – you know, this scheme or Brady looks X. It's all just like the Cowboys love to choke at this point in the season. The Cowboys love to come out flat in games like this. The Cowboys love to melt when the lights are brightest. All those things could happen. Um, I, I'm almost tempted to say they will. Um, I told somebody earlier this week, I give us like a 55% chance, like just a little bit better than a coin flip because every analysis would tell you that the Cowboys should beat this team. If they weren't called the Dallas Cowboys, I think they'd almost unanimously be being projected to beat this team. But because it is the Cowboys and they have lost this game so many times, a lot of people are going to choose the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to win this game. Um, 
ultimately, man, I really do think one, we are going to need Micah and the boys to pressure Brady. Like even in his advanced age, even with shitty weapons, all the things we've just discussed, you can't give Tom Brady forever. He will just find little dink and dunk bullshit and pick you apart on offense. Kellen just needs to not outsmart himself. He needs to just run the entire offense through the two guys that we know it needs to run through. Pollard and C.D. Lamb need to both have great days. They both need to be given the opportunity to have great days. So if we see a game like Sunday where it's like Zeke has 10 carries for you know 12 yards and Pollard gets seven touches, that is a failure. If C.D. Lamb gets six targets and Noah Brown also gets six targets, that's a failure. Like we need to be basically force feeding the ball to these two playmakers who will produce for you in the open field if they're given the opportunity. So that is my great hope is that we just kind of can trim through the bullshit of like, well, what if we did a triple reverse back to this and threw it to Noah Brown? And then Noah was the MVP of the Super Bowl, which I think is Kellen's ultimate goal in life is to make Noah Brown the MVP of the Super Bowl in Phoenix this year. Um, that's that's really all the analysis I can really come up with, man. It's just like this we, – we've reached the end of the road. It's put up or shut up time. Like for an entire generation of Cowboys players, for Dak Prescott specifically, it's like do it now. Or I, I think you put it so well the other day, Ben, when you were like, if not, if not now, then when? With who? Like this is it, man. You're, you're playing an eight and nine team. You're playing a team that, like you highlighted, like is almost physically incapable of scoring more than 25 points in a game. You are the number one offense in the NFL. Like, you either go do this or you are what they say you are, and you need to reevaluate everything from the the very core of your organization. So that's where I'm at with it. Well said. Yeah, I uh, I was gonna see if you had anything Z. I don't I don't have a ton to add. I mean, I they uh, you know it it is what it is at this point. Like whatever they want to say about you or not say about you. I mean, it, you can erase all of it with a good January. So yeah, no, I mean I think you guys captured it perfectly. There is no reason for us to lose this game unless. You yeah, are better. We are. They they are. You are better. The, cow- the Cowboys will be the, the Cowboys will either win the game or the Cowboys will beat the Cowboys. That is <laughs> those are the two they outcomes. Lost, they lost twenty three to seventeen last year to Tampa, like that, or to to San Fran. Like Dak has played this Brady team twice. Once he looked amazing, and once he looked the worst he ever looked. So it's literally I, like I, it might be his single best and single worst game of his career against high level competition. Like, so exactly. So, I I have faith in the defense you, to to make an actual run to win this game. They don't need a ton to go right. They just need a ton to not go wrong. And I stand by that. They don't need a ton to go right. They just need a ton to not go wrong. They cannot have Dak on his ass all game compounded with a terrible to non-existent running game and Dak cannot throw two more picks including an interception for touchdown. You just can't And we can't we can't let we can't have special teams give three extra red zone attempts to Tom Brady good all year except yeah. for Herpin's weird bullshit which he gives me a heart attack. Everyone else I, I don't really think anger is going to do anything weird and Maher is as Zach pointed out 
earlier been pretty damn reliable this year, all things considered. Knock on wood. I mean, kickers are head cases, but um, like basically, the the there's two ways they lose this game. One is that offense plays that that we saw last week is shows up, and that is yep. who they are. They they and as, as I said, it, it goes back to they haven't ran the ball well in a month. That's my number one fear is that they just can't get Pollard and Zeke moving. So they're behind the chains. They're having to rely on third down magic all game. And, you know, it's a it's a game where Dak throws 40 fucking percent again. So, yep. But defensively. Like they I don't see a lot of ways that they get beat in this like Tom Brady. Uh, sure. Like everyone wants to write that they're they fixed because they beat the Panthers after J.C. Horn broke his hand the week before their number one corner. So. I don't know, man. Like, I, I, I just have a hard time believing Tampa can put up 30-plus points on this team. Unless they just come out with one of those, like, nothing-to-lose bullshit games where they just – everything goes right, right. Yeah, if Mike Evans goes for 207 and three touchdowns on a combination of Diggs and Mullen, then yeah. we're in trouble. Outside would, of if, that, I go back to, worried. like, if Fournette outruns Pollard and Zeke again, it's over. Because Of course. Yeah. They've been the worst rushing team all year. He's sucked pretty much all season to the point that they're trying to get the rookie Rashad White involved. And yet, if they if those two guys outperform Pollard and Zeke, then yeah, that's church. Dude, just give me the give me what you had, uh, the offense you had against the Eagles, except flip Zeke and Tony Pollard's touches. Pollard got nine carries, Zeke got sixteen in that game. Flip those two. Uh, you had CD get eleven targets. 10 for 120 and two touchdowns. Pollard got eight targets. Uh, Michael Gallup got seven targets. Schultz got four. Uh, T.Y. got one. Ferguson got one. Zeke got one. <clears throat> and Noah Brown got one. I am totally fine with that. Just pepper the ball to, in, in the passing game, it needs to be C.D., Gallup, Schultz, Pollard. That's it. <laughs> Just keep it simple. Yeah, keep it in front of you. Run that, run that three tight end set, man. And look, yeah, they dude. have the, the one thing that they have that the Titans have and that Washington had is they do have a nice front. They do have a nice front seven. So, like, yeah, they can bully you and it may be tough to run. So you're going to have to, Kellen, you're going to have to get some guys in some space. Um, if they make a Super Bowl run, and we'll – I guess we'll we'll tackle that bridge if they win this one. I mean, there's there's really two avenues for that. And it's Dak Prescott playing to his ceiling and the D line. He goes into uh Joe Flacco mode when yeah, they made the D line's basically the, the elite part of this team and they play how they played two months ago. And if they don't do that, then yeah, they're they're gonna lose at some point. And we haven't seen Dak put four in a row together, so I think they're going to need one of those games where they look. The Patriots won a Super Bowl ten to three against Sean McVay and the Rams. They they may yep. need the Cowboys may need an ugly win at some point where the defense does the heavy lifting. They all count, so dude. All I'll say is defense. This is a perfect week for you guys to do the heavy lifting Hell against yeah. a pretty inept offense. I know he's the goat, but he's forty six. They're having a bad year. He's having a bad personal year. Like you can you you held them to nineteen last time. Like you can easily hold this team to to similar. So agreed. Agreed. Let's do some projections, dude. Um we did lose Z Love. Um 
I don't want to go first. I'll have you go first. I'll go first. I've gone back and forth on this. In the middle, if you asked me in the middle of the Washington game on Sunday, I would have said we were going to get blasted. I've gone back and forth. Ultimately, I think the Dallas Cowboys are going to win this game. I, whether or not they win any other games, I, I do, I do believe that this team is has a big enough delta in capability between it and its opponent that even if everything doesn't go right, if enough doesn't go wrong, they can win this game. Um, 27-20 Dallas Cowboys on to the divisional round. That is my official prediction. And I might be in here crying next week, but that's what I'm standing on. So 27-20 boys. I'm going to continue my all bad luck thought process and trend and, and work the evils of the world that has been weaving for me and, and walk this path. And so you're going to feel bad if, the, if this exact prediction comes true and you've no, because that, that means I've, I've cracked the code and that okay. life is meaningless. Nice. So Nihilism. I, I, can I, dig em, it. I can embrace it. I can embrace it. Then, you know, I, I just Dude, am one with there's an awesome show you should watch. It's called Rick and Morty. You have to be like kind of smart to understand it, but like it's it's pretty fucking tight, dude. You dig it. Thanks. Um so I'm gonna say they lose and that they break my heart and that it's a terrible offensive day and that they lose a very winnable nineteen to seventeen game. Oh my fucking god, dude. Oh god. Does Maher miss the Game-winning field goal. Worse, worse. Brady we, leads down a drive, and they get which, the game which would be worse. Brady on leads, a on a really bad digs pi call on Mike Evans to set them up. Okay, which one's which one's worse? Is that or uh, we get the ball? We're gonna get into field goal range, but we like do some clock fuck up like we did against the Niners. So we like shit. we just like go down in bounds and we burn we're like trying to scramble to the line and snap the ball and we run out of time and we can't get the kicker on the field. I I don't know, but I mean both would be like the LOL cowboy memes. Like <laughs> yeah, it would be some LOL cowboy shit. I the, the one you described where Brady gets a fucking like an absurd PI call on digs. Yeah. Like an un, he, he throws like a, a pass forty like yards over Mike Evans' he, head. He throws it. No, he throws like a twi- like ten yards underthrown ball. But because there's like some contact, they get like just a free chip shot field goal. And then, oh, and then we're about to block it, but then someone on our defensive line jumps off sides, and so they have to re-kick it, and then they make Kel- it. Kelvin <laughs> Joseph jumps off sides. <laughs> yeah, somebody does some dumb shit, and they get a free re-kick and and make it. Neutral zone. There's a neutral zone infraction on on the kick, and you're like, God, who did that? And it's like, you know, they just re-signed Connor Williams this week (laughs) off the street to be. I don't know why he's playing defensive line. That's crazy, Joe. Um, it'd be hell, man. I, I, there's no worse scenario for me. I would, I, I mean, going dark, dude. (laughs) I, I mean this when I say I would rather get our ass kicked by Philly than than lose to Tampa and Tom. I, I won't. Yeah, that's fair. I, I can't I'll, do I'll it the same. I can't do it for me. Because, like, at least, like, dude, at least the Eagles are good. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> if we lose to an 8-9 we Brady if team, we that's like so a, much more embarrassing. If we, if we reverse this and we made the wild card at 9-8 and eight and they were 12-5 and five and fuck it, whatever. Like, yeah. But, you know, being the favorite, being 
clearly a better team for like the majority of every game except the one that we played back in week one. Which just it'll kill me, man, if we lose. Agreed. All right, Zach, you're the you're the the tiebreaker. I'm going 34-20 Cowboys. Oh, fuck yeah. Two touchdown win. Oh, dude, I'll be so hyped, dog. I'll be so fucking hyped, dude. If we beat and Brady I, by two touchdowns, I I might I don't well if we if we beat Brady by two touchdowns, I might weld this chain so I can never take it off, dude. It's like live with this shit on for the rest of my life. Dude. I legit, oh my think, God. I legit think we're doing a, a postmortem next week with the Cowboys look and that we, we have to take like a hard look in the mirror of if, if Thank dude, you. I'll fuck out of here. I'll be honest, man. It <laughs> might if if we do lose that game, uh, it might take two weeks to do the postmortem because I don't know if I'm gonna be down to like Tuesday, the day after that game because we play Monday, dude. We have and it's MLK Day, so I have that day off. I've already decided to take Tuesday off in preparation. Like, I, whatever happens, if it, if we win, great. I'll take the day and like spend it with the fam, and like it'll be great. If we lose. I'm going to take that day and just like shut myself in the media room and play Xbox all day and ignore all football related everything. So I don't have to see any of it because God, if I have to fucking see another clip of like Stephen A. Smith with the cowboy hat on being like, <laughs> I'll kill myself. So yeah, I like Zach's outcome. 34, 20 Cowboys sounds fucking awesome. You couldn't. I, <laughs> I don't know. I can't, I can't see that. The cards just don't appear in that in that way for me right now all right boys anything else before we depart into the yet another playoff run 2023 playoff run no go cowboys fuck yeah all right folks well as always if you like what you heard please feel free to like subscribe leave a comment leave a rating hit us up it, you know, this is a great uh, time to subscribe to the podcast, no matter what kind of listener you are. We have two distinct clans of listeners. If you're a Cowboys fan, uh, this might be a great week to subscribe because you might get to listen to the happiest podcast in the world next week. If you're a Cowboys hater, which we do probably definitely, I know we have, uh, people that just love to listen to us cry when we lose, this next one might be a banger if that's your fucking your bag. So. Good, good time to hit the subscribe button. Um, we will be back. Uh, I, like I said, I cannot guarantee it'll be the day after this game, depending on the outcome. But we will be back to do a postmortem, uh, whenever or or a victory uh, podcast on this game, um, and we will see what the future holds. Whether that's the future of the next game or the future of what this organization looks like having lost for the in the first round for the second year in a row um so yeah as always i'm andy gatelli benjamin walker zachary love this has been boys will be boys go cowboys take it easy peace